Good evening. We are in the middle of the difficult halachas of Rafu on Shabbos. Let's just recap that which we learned in the previous year. We discussed at length the idea that an action which is really an action, a normal action, a non-Rafu action, which has within it ability to heal, if it's done in a way which is not recognizable that you're doing it as an action of refu is a 100% mutter. And therefore, we spoke about the Gemara, where the Gemara says a person who is suffering from a chizas dam, which might mean some sort of high blood pressure or some sort of illness with the blood, where bathing in a cold water seems to ease the ailment, then that's 100% okay, because bathing in water is considered a normal action. It's not an action of refu, and the fact that it has medicine properties to it and helps and eases the, the symptoms, that's, that's okay, that's not a problem. And therefore the Mechaba told us that one's allowed to bathe in the Chami Tveria, in the Me Tveria, or in Me Gror, in these uh, springs which, which seem to heal and help people through difficult physical ailments. However, we mentioned the Pasuk nowadays, I'm not so clear about that because most people who do bathe in the hot springs of Tveria or in these other uh, uh, baths are usually people who go there for health reasons and therefore it's quite recognizable that you're doing it for health reasons and ideally one should refrain from doing it in Shabbos. But we did say where the, this has practical, practical connotations is, the, uh, is one allowed to use a hot water bottle on Shabbos. Is one allowed to use a hot water bottle on Shabbos? Somebody has a stomachache or a, a pain, a stiff neck, uh, etc., where it's, you haven't moved out of the category of a mechush ba'alma, you're still within the category of somebody who just has a, a slight ailment, no severe pain, which moves into a different category, category which we'll see a bit later, Hashem. you're still in the category of a mechush ba'alma. Can you use a hot water bottle to ease the, the pain? And we said since nowadays many people do use hot water bottles as a means of heating themselves up, and many women go to bed with a hot water bottle every night, many men go to bed with a hot water bottle every night, so you can't consider it an action which is purely medical, purely there for healing purposes, it can be, it can be really basically defined as some, uh, a normal action of keeping oneself warm, so even if you are doing it for the healing properties, that's fine, there's nothing wrong with that at all. And we went on to say the same would apply to a hot blanket, an electric blanket, blanket. can you use an electric blanket on Shabbos? Again, people who, most people who use an electric blanket are not using it for reasons of health, they're doing it purely because they're cold, and uh, as we explained, there's no problem with muksa because it's kalish uh, after leisha, which is is okay. It's not hot enough to be considered ish, so one's allowed to move it on Shabbos, uh, and uh, and leserich gufay is completely muta. So there's no there's no problem with muksa. So to use an electric blanket on Shabbos would be absolutely fine. We then moved on to a slightly new, newer area, but all again within the same context. Somebody who has a mouth ulcer, just for an example, or a slight toothache and wants to wash the mouth out with a, a certain special mouthwash, a mouthwash which has, which is some type of medicine, is a, a medicated mouthwashes, that would be also in Shabbos, because what you're doing is clearly an act of refuah. However, to drink chaymets, vinegar, which in the time of Chazal, I suppose if you have strong vinegar, it's enough to make anybody with an ulcer feel a bit better, or to drink whiskey, uh, again, somebody's not used to whiskey, if you drink whiskey, it'll probably do you the world of good, um, then there, you can't say what you're doing is an action of healing, it's an action of normal eating, normal food, the fact that, by the way, it happens to um, ease the pain of the ulcer, that's absolutely fine. To, gar- to gargle vinegar, or to gargle whiskey, and then throw it, spit it out, that's clearly an action of refuah, that's not a normal action of drinking uh, vinegar or, or whiskey, then that would be forbidden on Shabbos. To gargle and then drink 
To gargle and spit it out would be osa. To gargle and then drink it, that's already a machlekes, which we said it's ideally one shouldn't, but if one really feels that one has to, that's the only way one can ease the pain, then there's, there's, uh, one can be makel, and one can gargle the whiskey or the, or the vinegar, or whatever it may be, and drink it. Uh, the same would apply to using a, a plain mouthwash. If it's a plain mouthwash which has no medicine properties to it, properties to it it's just a plain mouthwash, um, which really means that all you're doing is washing your mouth out. If at the same time it happens to ease a slight toothache or, or an ulcer, that would also be fine, because you're not doing anything which is an action of refuah. We then went on to categorize the different definitions of eating. And we said that uh, to eat healthy food, to eat foods which are normal foods, foods which we can consider as and, and define as food, as a food, I mean, eating it as a food, and it so happens to ease an ailment, that's absolutely fine. That makes a difference whether you're slightly ill or not slightly ill. If you're just eating a plain food, and it's a, it is a normal food, and it happens to give you a bit of uh, extra strength or ease a certain ailment, that will be fine. We'll go through some examples of it in, in a moment. To take a food which is n- not a, a normal food, so to eat medicine, for instance. You just happen to like, as we said last week, the taste of Rennies or one of these uh, throat lozenges. If you're eating those, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with eating medicine. There's, you're not allowed to take medicine as a refuah, but you can eat medicine. However, if you are slightly unwell and you decide to eat medicine, even if you're eating it for the sake of eating, not for its refuah properties, again, that will be also because at the end of the day you are unwell and you're taking a medicine which gives an indication that you are really taking medicine for its m- medicine, um, for, med- for, for medical reasons rather than just for food reasons. And uh, to eat A healthy person to eat a medicine for refuah, even though there's nothing wrong with them, to eat medicine for refuah, for instance, if we said a laxative or something like that, well, we can't say that there's anything wrong with the person, but they are actually eating it as for its medicine, for its medical properties which are inside this, this, uh, this piece of food. We're not talking about normal food, we're talking about medication. To eat it, even if you're healthy, for, its, for, its, uh, for the purpose of refuah, for instance, a laxative, that would again be also. So normal food, to eat it for food, irrelevant to whether it has some extra health benefits and it's giving you extra strength or easing a certain ailment, that's 100% okay. If you're slightly unwell and you eat uh, medicine for the sake of eating, not for, not for the health reasons, that's also because at the end of the day you're slightly unwell and you're taking medication. If you're well and you eat medication, that's fine. If you are well and you, and you take medication for a health reason, like a laxative, that would be considered also. We also explain, we'll go through some practical examples in a few moments, Metzchem. We also explained that the Morgan Avram tells us that to eat med, um, um, you know, medication in order to strengthen one's body, even though you're not really physically unwell, but say you're slightly weak, you're perhaps even tired, to take something to strengthen the body, that would be also if it's a medicine. That would be also. So we therefore went on to explain to take vitamins. Would one be allowed to take vitamins and shabbos? And we said if a person's healthy and absolutely fine, and you're just taking vitamins purely as a, a means to protect oneself, the one's immune system that, that you should uh, prevent the immune system from chas becoming weak and allowing all, all the viruses to, to, to attack a person, then that would be absolutely fine to take it on shabbos because you're well and you're healthy. A healthy person doesn't take medicine. A healthy person eats medicine, doesn't take medicine as a refuah. So you can take your vitamins without any problem. If a person is slightly unwell, perhaps recovering from a cold, a bit run down, and you're taking the, the vitamins because you want to strengthen yourself, that will be problematic because you're now taking medicine in order to strengthen, to give the body an extra strength. That could be complicated and might be problematic. But again, you must ask 
in these cases because not in, not in every case can we say that you are just a plain mechosh you might really be moved into a category of a chayle or past a chayle kalagof etc each case is different so please do ask but the general rule would be to take vitamins in order to prevent oneself from becoming ill is fine to take vitamins to strengthen oneself when one is already ill could be, could be problematic to take sleeping pa- tablets we explained in, in the previous year is not a problem because not being able to sleep is not an illness so taking sleeping tablets you are not taking medicine to heal something which because you're unwell you're fine you're well the fact that you can't sleep is irrelevant so you're now taking a, a medicine when you are well when you're 100% well that's fine and, it, and again we explain somebody who knows that they're going to suffer from some sort of ailment from heartburn or an oncoming headache which hasn't started yet and you know by taking your Panadols or your Rennies or whatever it may be you, if you take them up front that will prevent the the um, headache from, from actually surfacing, or even if it does surface, it won't turn into a migraine, then you're 100% allowed to take that on Shabbos as a preventative measure because prevention, prevention is not called taking medicine. Prevention is called eating medicine, and eating medicine on Shabbos is, is mutter. And finally, we, we, we finished off last week with the, somebody who's taking me- medicine as a course, a whole course of medicine. You're taking a whole course of, of uh, antibiotics, and you're, you're actually well now, you're fine, but the rules are that you must continue to, to finish the course a seven day course or whatever, whatever it may be and of course if it's a seven day course one of those days will be a Shabbos that's absolutely fine because you're taking it not as a, a means of healing yourself but taking it as a means of prevention from you, for, so, you, so you shouldn't digress uh, regress and become ill again that's absolutely fine and there's no problem you can then take the, the finish off the course on Shabbos so now let's run through just some practical examples of things which do come up on everyday Shabbos, which one might not be sure if one's allowed to do or not allowed to do. And having learned the halachas that we've learned in the previous year, that's a couple of practical examples. So, for instance, somebody who's suffering with his digestive system, right? So he's suffering with the digestive system, maybe slightly constipated. So would, we allow, would he be allowed to drink prune juice on Shabbos? Take a, a, a jug of prune juice and drink it, and that he knows that's going to help. And the answer to that would be 100% fine, because prune juice is a normal, healthy food. You might be eating it for the purpose of refuah, but that's fine. There's nothing wrong with eating healthy food, even though it has some extra advantages as side effects. It'll ease the digestive system, that's absolutely fine. And the same would be if one would like to go for a walk. Sometimes going for a walk helps the digestive system. We will discuss going for a strenuous walk a bit later, but go for a normal walk, because walking around the block will help your digestive system. Since going for a walk is a normal, pleasurable thing to do, it's not defined as an action of refuah, then one can do that in order to help the system uh, begin to move. Somebody who's received a sting, a bee sting or a wasp sting or whatever it may be, it would be, it would be completely mutter to take that sting out on Shabbos because taking a sting out on Shabbos is not considered refuah. It's removing the sting. You have not done any action of refuah at all. That's, you can't define that as, as an action of refuah. It's an action of taking a sting out. And who, well, nobody wants a sting inside their finger. So if you, if you are stung, you should never be stung. If one is stung, one can, eat, can happily remove the sting on Shabbos. We will discuss Be'ez Hashem a bit later in later Shurim, the halachas of bleeding, etc., and splinters and people who have um, uh, a pus under their skin where they can burst the, 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 the abscess and allow the pus to, to run out we will discuss that in, in later Shurim Be'ez Hashem some pus can even allow you to pour a small amount of lemon juice or put a bit of ice on the sting area because again that's not considered an action of refuah but to actually soak it or leave it, leave it soaking leave your finger soaking in, in lemon juice or in ice etc that's a bit more recognizable that you're doing it for refuah and that should be avoided 
Using talcum powder on one's feet on Shabbos, which is for some people a necessity, again, that's absolutely fine, because talcum powder has no medical properties to it. All talcum powder does is it will absorb the moisture on one's feet and prevent it from, from the, the negative moisture from actually damaging or harming the feet. So to use talcum powder is absolutely fine in Shabbos because it's a preventative measure and it's, got, it's not a refuah as such. However, somebody who's suffering from athlete's foot or any other ailment of, of that type and to use uh, certain powders which, are, which will heal athlete's foot which has medical properties inside them, that would be awesome because then you're using a powder which is purely a refuah. So you get a bit of an idea of certain, certain things which they can be so similar, I'm using talcum powder, I'm using an athlete's foot powder, one can be 100% mutter, and one can be completely awesome, because the, the, the talcum powder is not an action of refuah, it's a normal, a perfectly normal thing to do, to use talcum powder, it doesn't actually heal, it prevents, nothing wrong with that at all, but to take athlete's foot powder, which does actually heal, uh, heal the person, it, do, it does remove the, the fungus of athlete's foot, and that would be a problematic in Shabbos, and would be also. Again, if somebody's suffering from athlete's foot and it's serious, then we're not discussing that. We're discussing that when it's at the early stages where you really are nothing more than a mechish ba'om. Can you use, um, let's say, athlete's foot powder? Um, As a prevention? Yes. It's fine. Mm-hmm. That's no different than taking a tablet. That's no different than taking a tablet um, before the onset of the headache. So that gives us a bit of an example. This, I could sit here and spend the rest of the year going through different examples of of different people's ideas of, of uh, uh, another simple example would be somebody who suffers from a cold uh, or, or a sore throat to, to drink a lemon tea or honey, honey and lemon tea which uh, is an old wives tale that it really works but it does or doesn't I don't know but it would be absolutely fine and be nothing wrong because what you're doing is drinking a normal drink right? there are some people who drink honey and, 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 and lemon on, on, a, on a normal evening in a cold winter's evening there's nothing medical about it at all, it's a normal drink and it so happens that it happens to ease your sore throat that's absolutely fine, and there's tens and tens of such cases um, to, to eat almonds if you're suffering from, uh, from heartburn, or drink a cup of milk all these things are 100% mutter and shabbos because they are normal, as long as you've waited your allotted time between your meaty meal and your, mink, and your milk they are 100% mutter because they are not considered action of refuah He should, ideally, you should, shouldn't make it known that you're doing it for a fool, yes. Ideally, you should, you should, uh, it should be done in a way that it looks like you're doing it uh, purely for, um, purely for, for its heat, for, for its natural reason, not for the refuel reason. Okay, so we've discussed up until now examples and the background to an action which is not a refuel action and therefore allows you to take the action of Shabbos even though it's going to help and prevent or etc. It's going to help in some way your ailment or your condition that you're suffering with. What we'd like to move on now to is a slightly newer, slightly different case, which again has extreme practical applications to us in Shabbos, where we are disca- we're describing a, 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 an action which is a slightly refuah action. It does have much more of a refuah action to it, but can also be defined as a non-refuah action. It's got much more... It, its definition is more of a refuah than a non-refuah, but can also be defined as a non-refuah action. And here the Mechabah talks about somebody who wants to place a salve on his... On their, on their eye. It's a, they're suffering from a sore eye and they want to place this salve on the eye. Now, to place a salve on the eye can also be used sometimes, salve. Uh, it's, a, I don't know, some type of cream. It's made up with some sort of, uh, some sort of ointment with, with, which is watered down. It's made with water and you water it down, etc. That's what the Shokhanach is talking about. And you're going to place it on your eye. It can be used for, its, for the purpose of easing the pain of the eye or it can be used just basically as an eye wash. It's often used for its medicine purposes, and it's often used as a wash to, to just to wash the eye out. So here the Mechaba tells us to use it to prepare it on Shabbos and use it immediately would be osa, because then it's quite evident 
that well, at least in your, for yourself you know you're doing what you're doing here is an action of refuah you're using it for its refuah side not for its plain washing side however it says the Mechaber in, in a tremendous Chiddush if you prepare this soul before Shabbos you prepare it before Shabbos you would take the cream and whatever it is and the, 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 the uh, ointment and you would mix the water in it etc before Shabbos and it's all prepared and then you take that prepared, prepared ointment and you place it on your, on your eye that will be absolutely fine because you've already started the process before Shabbos, and you've made a very clear definition here that this is not a normal, act, a normal case of me taking refuah. I've done something different. I've prepared it before Shabbos. I've made a shinui. I've made a change to the normal procedure of taking this ointment on Shabbos. That would be fine, because since it's an action which can be defined as a normal action, so people on the outside will say, oh, he's just washing his eye out. And even though you know you're doing it for its medical properties, not because you want to wash your eye out, but you've made a shinui. You've prepared it before Shabbos. And since you prepared it before Shabbos, says the Shulchan that's absolutely fine. Right, now, I don't expect this halacha to be of any practical application in its form in the Shulchan None of us will actually prepare this type of ointment on Friday, mixing in with, with water, etc. It doesn't really apply nowadays. But where it does apply, and this is something which the Post can discuss at length, would we be allowed to? I know that uh, Shabbos afternoon I'm going to come down with a terrible headache. I've been through, uh, sat through a long davening and we went through a meal and we had many guests and I know that by the time it comes to the end of Shabbos afternoon I'm going to be exhausted. I'm going to have an enormous headache. So Friday I take a Panadol and I grind it down into a little cup of orange juice. So I have my little high class of orange juice I've ground inside it my Panadol. Now, somebody watched me drink will say, I'm drinking a small cup of orange juice. That's what I'm drinking. I'm drinking a small cup of orange juice. But I know that inside this orange juice there's medicine. Would that be, would that go under the same banner as this Shulchan Aruch, or is it different? Do we say that just as the Shulchan Aruch said, you can prepare this ointment before Shabbos, and by preparing it before Shabbos, you've made a shinu, you've made a change from the normal way one would take, one would apply this, this uh, ointment, and therefore it's quite clear that to the outside and to yourself that you are making a change and you're not allowed to, you understand that you're not allowed to do any refuah on Shabbos. Or do we say, and therefore we should say here as well, I've taken this, this Panadol, I've ground it into this little cup, I now, to the public, I'm drinking, I'm just drinking orange juice, that's fine, so they think I'm just drinking orange juice. I know this is not just plain orange juice, I know this is orange juice with, with a, 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 a ground Panadol inside, but for me, I've prepared it before Shabbos. So I've made a very clear hecker, a very clear, definite, a very, a very clear defined difference between taking a, a tablet on Shabbos, which one normally just takes on Shabbos, to grinding it down and putting it into an orange juice on Friday, where I've shown myself, look, I wouldn't take a normal pandol, I'll only take a pandol that I've prepared on Friday by grinding it into orange juice. Would that be permitted? Would it be also? Or perhaps there's a complete difference between this case of the Shulchan Aruch and grinding a medicine. Because in the case of Shulchan Aruch, the preparation had to be prepared by watering it down and mixing it with these, uh, whatever spices, whatever it was, to make this salve, to make this ointment. That's is a very clear difference. When I prepare it on Shabbos, if I prepare it, I prepare it on Friday, then I've made a very a, a valid difference. I've shown myself that I've really started the process on Friday, not on Shabbos. But a Panadol, I normally just take neat. I don't bother grinding it into an orange juice. So there, by grinding it, I've not really done anything different. I've just changed the form how I'm going to take it. But I haven't really done anything which gives a very clear indication that I've changed the form of taking a Panadol on Shabbos. Because I don't really need to grind this panadol down. So it's not a very clear hecke. It's not a very clear di- differentiation. And this is an enormous machlegs in the poskim. But here we're going to be very makele because many, many poskim feel that 
grinding a, a, a Panadol into a small drink on Friday, would, or you can grind it into food as well. You can grind it into sugar. You can grind it into any, any food. It can be any tablet. It doesn't have to be a, pan, a Panadol. Any tablet a person has to take. And one is worried that you're not really allowed to take it on Shabbos because you know it's only going to be a slight headache. It's going to be a, a slight stomachache or a slight heartburn. If you grind it on Friday into some food and then eat that food on Shabbos, that's 100% mutter to those Paschim because it goes under the banner of this Shulchanach where I've made a clear definition, a, a clear differentiation between normal, a normal taking of a panel on the Shabbos to where I've prepared it on Friday, mixing it into a food so it's not clearly visible to anybody else. And to myself, I know that I've done this extra preparation on Friday, therefore that will be considered mutter and one can do that. And this is an extremely useful little, um, uh, little loophole for people who do regularly suffer from minor ailments in Shabbos and find it difficult to go to the Shabbos without taking uh, take medication but yet you can't really consider them in the category of somebody who's allowed to take medication and if you prepare this before Shabbos and if you don't need it Baruch Hashem you can throw it in the bin that'll be even, even, even better but if you prepare it before Shabbos you then have a way out where you can end up taking medication on Shabbos and ease that minor ailment are we clear? sorry? put it in a plastic bag and stamp on it very easy just take a back of a cup and bang it it'll, it'll grind very easy it's just a piece of powder it's nothing more to it to a tablet or if you have one of these um, capsules you can, uh, you can just, just pour it in you can just pour it in there are some who, who even allow you to take, put the tablet neat as it is into a piece of cake but that, that's not many possibly don't like that because they say that's quite visible and as you're eating the cake it might slip out and they're not happy with that at all but to grind it into a piece of cake or to grind it into a drink or into sugar or anything like that is, is absolutely fine you can take it even no you can take it even if preventative you can take it without you can take it even if you have the headache you're doing, you are eating this you're drinking this drink eating this cake because it has a Panadol inside and because you have a headache but that's fine because the, the, what the, the Shulchan Aruch is telling you here is that you can do an action of refuah when you're unwell, as long as there's a clear differentiation from the way you're taking it now to the way one would normally take, it, take medication. Since one normally takes medication by eating it, just eating the tablet, even with a bit of water, but just taking the tablet as a tablet, and now I've prepared it on Friday, which means that I've started the process of me taking this medication. I haven't actually taken it yet, but I've done some action which enables me, which starts off the process of me taking this medication before Shabbos, then one's allowed to take it on Shabbos as well. And that's a very big colour and a very big loophole. So you can have a minor headache, you can have your headache on Shabbos, you can have your toothache. If you have this, this uh, mixture prepared, you can take this on Shabbos. If you prepared it before Shabbos, it would be fine. But you prepared it before Shabbos. And the, uh, whoever's watching you drink it thinks you're drinking orange juice. Once they watch your face, they'll realise you're not drinking orange juice, but... Uh, Yeah. There's, two, there's two things that we have to worry about when we take medicine is it the definition of an action of refuah is if everybody else thinks it's an action of refuah then that clearly defines it as an action of refuah so if I do something I take a tablet everybody watching me knows I'm taking medication that's considered that's the definition of an action of refuah if I can get around that by camouflaging it but I also know I'm doing an action of refuah that itself is also problematic because the reason why you mustn't take your full in Shabbos is because you might come to crush, right? You, you might come to, to, to be over the Melach of Teichen. So if I know I'm doing a full, then, then next week I might come to be, to grind. But if I do it in a way where I've made a clear difference, then what, what I'm saying is that I'm, I know I'm never going to come to a Teichen. 
Because if anybody else sees them, there's a worry that they're also going to come to grind. And then it'd be defined as an action of, of, of refuel. If you live by yourself, you know? Uh, if you live by yourself, you Of course you can. Of course you can. Uh, we, don't need, we don't need people to see. We're saying, even if people see, they, they won't think you're doing refuel. And if they don't see, and if they do see, and they see, they think you're just drinking a drink, but you know you're doing refuel, for that we're getting around that by making a, a change and doing it and preparing it on Friday. Are we clear? Clear? Shall we repeat it all again? No, that's good. Okay. Just uh, uh, as a, uh, a side point, somebody who has a, you know, a bottle of medication, a bottle of uh, antibiotics, which is in the powder form, and uh, sometimes you run out of it uh, for children, etc., for oneself, one runs out of it on Shabbos. Uh, it's perfectly permitted to make up that medication on Shabbos because there's no leisure here. You're not doing anything which is... Uh, um, you're not you're not making it into a paste, it remains in a, in, a, in a liquid, so there's no leisure. And even though you're preparing quite a large quantity, which normally one would say once preparing for a weekday, you're only going to take two spoons today, but since you can't prepare that bottle, unless you prepare the whole bottle, because you wouldn't know the, the, the ratios of water to the powder, so then that's absolutely fine. It's like the Gemara says, if somebody who's unwell and needs fresh meat, you're allowed to shech an animal for him on Shabbos, if it's a chedish shech b'shakon, even though he only needs a small portion of meat, because it's not possible to shech just a small portion of meat. You can't shake half and half an animal. So here as well, since you can't, since you can't make up this bottle of medicine without actually filling the whole the whole quantity, then that's absolutely fine. You can make that on Shabbos. Sorry, you can measure the circle for you. That's okay. Yes. Well, you, it, it depends how severe your your it depends how severe your stomachache is. If it's just a plain normal ailment, a plain stomachache, then you can't, because you can't take your full on Shabbos. But if it's a very yeah, severe stomachache, if it's a severe stomachache that you would go to bed because it's so severe, then you probably can, yes. But if it's prepared the day before, then you can, that's fine. That's fine. As long as it looks like a drink. If it looks like a medicine, then you can't. It's got to look like a drink. Moving on from a slightly different, but uh, a s- s- same logic, but slightly different case. Is one allowed to do exercise on Shabbos? Is one allowed to do exercise on Shabbos? And you're all nodding your heads. It's, it's become, a, 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 I think, a, the, the obesity in, this, in the country has, has reached its peak, and we all have to do exercise now. It's becoming law. We have to do exercise regularly. Well, so it seems from everybody walking around the streets. Um, <coughs> is one allowed to do exercise on Shabbos? Are we allowed to do exercise on Shabbos? Now, here the Shulchanach tells us to do exercise to bring a person to a sweat, which is really the level of exercise that we're talking about, where one exercises to bring a person to, uh, to a sweat is completely osa on Shabbos. And the reason why it's osa, and this is slightly interesting, the reason why it's osa is because you can achieve the same end through the means of medication. So any action, which is an action of a means to an end, but that end can also be achieved through medication, is completely osa. So just as to bring oneself to a sweat, one can achieve that by taking medication, then to do an action of reform now, which is the action of, of exercise, to achieve the same end, is completely also on Shabbos. So to, to exercise on Shabbos, which brings a person to a sweat, is also, it's a mafurish and mechaber, that one mustn't do exercise, which brings a, heats up a person and brings a person to a sweat, because it's considered an action of reform. To go for a walk, because one's feeling slightly unwell, and a walk will 
help the one's constitution, will help the, will, will strengthen the person. So a bit down, you've had a cold, and you go out, you know, you go for a good walk, it'll, it'll really help you. So now, again, if that walk is a walk which is there to, a, a real walk, it's a walk which you're gonna, we're not talking about just the old grandmother's walk, we're talking about a real walk, which is uh, going to bring a person to, to a sweat, then that type of walk would be also, because it would be considered an action of refuah. You are, doing an action of exercise be it in, in a form of walking but it's an, ex- an action of exercise an action of refuah which would be Osir and Shabbos <coughs> to there are those who are maker with walking there are some who are maker with, but the Mishnah brings down two days and ideally one should try and um, refrain from it if one can to run for exercise is definitely Osir according to everybody to run a Shabbos because it's quite clear that the reason why I'm running is uh is in order to, uh, in order to, for health reasons, for health reasons, I saw a little joke somewhere, it said that, uh, uh, this gentleman said, the next time I see a runner smiling, then I'll think about taking up running. So it's quite evident that one doesn't run for pleasure. To run, now here's an interesting shayda, the Sharitim brings down a shayda, can you run to work up an appetite? You've been to a Reich Kiddush in the morning, and you... <laughs> And you're going to come home and you're embarrassed that you're not going to eat your wife's cholent. And you know that if you have a, you know if you have a good run around the block, it'll uh, it'll solve the problem and you'll be able to partake of your wife's uh, delicacies. Again, here's the the, the Sharitin has a sophic. He's not sure if that would be considered uh, a refuah or if it wouldn't be considered a refuah. Continuing on from there will be the question of physiotherapy. Can one take physiotherapy on, on Shabbos? Now, of course, if the, the, the reason why you're taking physiotherapy is because you're in a situation where you really are sick. Chas a person is really sick. A person needs a th- physiotherapy for survival, which can happen. There's nothing to talk about. We're talking about here somebody who's uh, basically well, has a slight stiffness in, 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 in a stiff muscle or a partial paralysis, a slight paralysis which needs physiotherapy. Can we, consider, can we allow one to do physiotherapy on Shabbos or not? The simple... If one opens up a Mishnah Buri, it would seem from the Mishnah Buri that one would allow, we would allow you to do a, a, a physiotherapy, but only if it was done with a slight, slight shinu, with a change. However, a lot of the modern-day poskim are much more maker when it comes to physiotherapy, because either it doesn't work a person up to a sweat, um, it's, not, it's not as uh, vigorous as running and, and, and uh, phys- proper physical exercise, or they take on that most people who need physiotherapy are in a situation where the physiotherapy is very necessary and therefore necessary for their, for their, for their well-being, and it's not considered just a mechush, etc., or not even consider the chaylik, just the chaylik kolagof. We really consider them really ill people, so therefore we allow them, allow them to take physiotherapy. So we do find in the modern day poskim that the, they are quite mechul when it comes to physiotherapy. Some say you can't use the spring, the spring, um, the springs which are used sometimes in physiotherapy. Some say you can, uh, and the, the different levels of physiotherapy they, they argue about. But as a, as a general rule, they are reasonably makeable when it comes to, to physiotherapy and Shabbos, but we should, we should never need to have to do physiotherapy on Shabbos. Breathing exercises, doing breathing exercises on Shabbos, that's completely mutter, because breathing exercises is not considered an exercise. It, it's not considered... You're breathing either for, for panic or you're breathing for, for, to strengthen your, your vocal cords, and that's not considered a refuah at all. Perhaps it's best if one doesn't have uh, the ability to speak so much. Uh, it, it's, to allow oneself to heal one's vocal cords is not considered a refuah as such. Um, therefore, that's completely mutter on Shabbos. So, if you're going just for a plain walk, that's fine. If you're walking to get somewhere, that's fine. That's fine because you can make it a brisk walk. But if, as long as you're not doing it for exercise, you're doing it because you want to get there quicker. That's fine. That's fine. Something which 
which is there to serve a, a purpose as a means to an end, and that end cannot ever be achieved through medication, then that is permitted, will be permitted to be, to be used, to use on Shabbos. So for instance, somebody needs to wear a, a mouth brace or a tooth brace, uh, even though what you're really doing is some type of refuah, you're strengthening the mouth, you, you are strengthening the palate or the teeth or whatever it may be, but since it cannot be achieved ever through medication, so we, are, we allow you to wear to, uh, a brace on Shabbos because that's fine. It's, it might be an action of medicine, but it's, it's an action which can never be which, which can never be achieved through medication and therefore will be mutum. For the same, for the same reasoning, if somebody has shown bang the head or their arm and there's a swelling and you want to take the ice pack out of the freezer and place it on to ease that swelling again, you can't ease that swelling through medication. It won't work. The only way you can ease the medication is by putting an ice pack on. So that's fine because that's an action. might be a slight action of refuel, but it can never be achieved through medication and therefore we allow you. There's no worry that you'll come now to grind by putting an ice pack on, on, a, on a swelling because... What, there's nothing to grind because there's no medication that will achieve the same, the same um, result. So that really brings us now to, to the end of mechush. Somebody has a mechush balma. Somebody has a very slight ailment. And under the banner slight ailment, we repeat again: if somebody has a slight cold or slight cough or mild catar or a slight skin ailment or, or, or mouth ulcers or slight mild toothache, uh, a mild stiff neck or muscular pain or anything, any ache like that, any similar comparable ache which we would you can actually put the prefix mild to it would go under the banner of Mechush Ba'alma and where all those halachas that we've learned up until now would mean that you can't really take refuah directly you can only do them in indirect ways as we've discussed in a way where, where what you're doing is really a normal action it just so happens to, to ease the ailment or you've prepared it before Shabbos or you're using a preventive measure etc etc all the different ways that we've explained up until now that's the halachas that we've discussed till now by Mechush Ba'alma what we want to move on now is to, to the next category, and that's the category of somebody who's slightly more than a mechosh but what we're going to call him is a mixascholi. It's a lashon of the poskim, the poskim, Mishnah Bura and the Magnavron. They describe this gentleman or this, this person as a mixascholi. Mixascholi is somebody who is not just a slight pain, it's already a more severe pain, but yet not a pain enough to be considered, to, to describe the person in terrible pain, and not enough to describe the person as a choyla, as an ill person. So he's not ill, the, the person uh, uh, that we're referring to is not ill, they're walking around, they're functioning. It's more than a slight, slight headache, it's a slightly more severe headache, but it's not a migraine which is, which is um, uh, debilitating the person and, and forcing them to go to bed, it's uh, on a much, le- much lesser scale. So it's very hard to define exactly what type of person we're talking about. We'll, we'll talk about somebody with a, a sunburn, quite a severe sunburn, which is not... Uh, terribly, it's, it's, they're in pain, it's, there is a pain when you're sunburned, uh, it's not mild, it's a bit more than mild, it can be quite severe, but you, can, you cannot define that person as being ill. We would describe the person as somebody who is a mixas choyli, he's slightly unwell, very slightly unwell. Now, the halachas of somebody who is a mixas choyli is almost identical to the halachas of somebody who is a mechash ba'alma, that you can't take medication and you can't do any action of refuah if that action is going to achieve a result which can be achieved through medication. You can prevent it, you can um, prepare it um, before Shabbos, etc. Anything like that, that's fine. The halachas that we've learned that until now apply to a mixas choyli. There's just one slight difference. And it's quite a big difference between a mixas chayli and a mechus ba'alma. The Gemara tells us in Erevin there was a story of Ahu Yanuka, there was this child, they stapich chamime. They had the, a, hot, a hot water which was boiled there before Shabbos. It was a child who was slightly unwell, perhaps an older child, 
somebody in the category which we're not quite sure which category he's in and that's the Machlechus Rishonim the Rambam says we're talking about a child who was just slightly unwell well not normally when we talk about who Yanuka we're talking about a child who's just had his Rishmila but that's not what we're referring to here we're talking about a child who's just slightly unwell he's not really unwell he's got a very slight ache a mixas chayli the same category as a mixas chayli says the Rambam and the Gemara says Amalu Rabba so they came to Rabba and they said what should we do we have this child who needs uh, you know t- to be looked after and we have no hot water. So he said, you know what? So go and bring some water from your home. So Amalei Abaya. So Abaya said to, to Rabbi, he said, Rabbi was his uncle, he said, He said, we haven't made an Arab. And if we haven't made an Arab, it's forbidden to carry from our home to where the child is. So Rabbi replied, So okay, so you, 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 there's a shtufe muvois, there's a, 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 a public Arab in the street, rely on that. Amalei said, We haven't made a stufim of voice either, and therefore it's forbidden for us to carry from the house across to where the child is. So Rabbi said, Go and tell a non Jew to go and bring it. Why, why are we allowing you to tell a non Jew to bring it? Because we're talking about here, as it's quite clear, uh, we're not talking about a place where there's Rishus Rabbim, because if there's Rishus Rabbim, an area wouldn't work. So we're talking about a caramelist or one of those domains where an area works. So we're talking about a, a domain which is only forbidden to carry midrabanon. Now, by asking a non-Jew, what are we doing? We're also only doing a uh, drabanon. There's no isa to ask a non-Jew to do malacha for you on Shabbos. It's only asa midrabanon. So I now have a situation where I'm asking a non-Jew, which is one drabanon, to carry for me hot water for the sake of a child who's slightly unwell, which is a second drabanon. A shus to shus for the sake of a mixas chayli is mutter. And that's the difference between a mechush and a mixas chayli. And a mixas chayli, we will allow a non-Jew to do a rabbinical issa on Shabbos, Well, we won't allow you to ask a non-Jew to, to transgress a rabbinical issa for somebody who's just got a mechush but almost a slight headache. So, somebody who has a slightly more, a more severe pain, and we're going to describe it, talk about sunburn because that's a, a simple situation, it will be mutter to ask a non-Jew for instance to say somebody has sunburn they, they went out on Friday and they had a fantastic time and they came home and the next day they woke up and they were both sunburned and they were, they were in quite a bit of pain nothing severe nothing terrible they weren't lying down in bed it was just uh, a very very uncomfortable pain what can they do? so they can't take any cream they can't place any lotion on it or after sunburn lotion whatever you call it you can't put that on a Shabbos because that's medicine that's medication you can't take medication on Shabbos um, you can't take any Panadols or, or painkillers, etc., because that's again, it's forbidden for you to, to, to take medication. But what you can do is you can ask a non Jew to rub the lotion on you on Shabbos. Because what are you asking? You're asking a non Jew, which is only a Shavuz, which is only a Drabonon, to rub medication on a person. We're not talking about whether it's an Issa Mamaria here, we're talking about where a, liquid, a liquid lotion, where to rub a lotion on, which is also only an Issa Rafu, which is also only a Drabonon. To ask a non-Jew to do two drabonons, well, one drabonon, a non-Jew to do a drabonon, which ends up being two drabonons, that's absolutely fine. But that will be permitted. So, for instance, somebody's suffering from a slightly more severe cold. They're really in, 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 the, in the middle of their cold. You can't call them ill. They're not, not in bed. They're, they're serving the kugel fine, that Shabbos. But they're just really run down. More than a mixes chayli. More than a mechus ram, they're mixes chayli. And you open up the cupboard and you find that you've, you've run out of honey. You'll be permitted to knock on your neighbor and say, do me a favor, can you go around the corner and pick up some honey for me from Sainsbury's or wherever. Uh, Sainsbury's has got a free offer, just free honey. Go and pick up a jar of honey for me and bring it back to me because I need it to ease my, I need it to ease my, 
mixas chayli, as long as the the, the non-Jew is not going to cross a Rishus Rabbim, that will be absolutely fine. That will be absolutely fine. You're asking to get you uh, an ingredient to help you ease your ailment, that's fine. Now, there's nothing wrong with drinking honey tea on Shabbos, as we said before. You just don't have the honey in the house. So you can ask a non-Jew to go and bring you that honey through a caramelis or a, 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 an area which is awesome. Midrabanon, as long as it's not awesome in Hatayah, as long as it's not Rishus Rabbim Dereisa, because what you're doing is you're asking a non-Jew, which is one Shabbos, to carry, which is a second Shavuos, for the sake of somebody who's a mixed Ashkhali, that's 100% motor. That's 100% motor. Another area where this is used as a kula is in hot countries. Uh, it's a shame to talk about hot countries now, but in, in hot countries, you know, you, there are places in the world which are hot. And people get so hot that they're uncomfortable. And the only way they can feel comfortable is by having air conditioning and you come into Shabbos and uh, the time switch went or something's gone wrong and it, it's, it's 38 degrees as it was in the Israel yesterday and it's really hot and, and you just need you're, you're, you're bizarre you're uncomfortable you're very uncomfortable sitting in this sweltering hot apartment in Israel and you just need the, the, the mazgam on and you see the Arab driving by in the Yad uh, Ve'ezer whatever they call it uh, I can't remember what it's called the ambulance and you hail him down you say to him do me a favor I'm really hot can you switch on my air conditioning? Is that permitted or is that not permitted on Shabbos? Now we discussed this when we spoke about the halachas of Amir Akum, and we're going to just discuss it now in a slightly different format in the context of where we are here. So the problem of switching on an air conditioning on Shabbos is only really one, and that is that you're connecting a circuit. There's no fire involved in air conditioning, there's no light, there's no ash, there's no problem of havara at all in switching on air conditioning. The only problem is you're connecting a, a circuit. Now, connecting a circuit is what we know from the Chaznish, very famous Chaznish, is also on Shabbos, because it has the same, the same um, parameters as the Issa of Boina. It, se- it seems to fit under the banner ban of Boina. Now, not all the Paschim seem to fully agree with him, and even those who do agree with him say it's only Osa Midrabonon. So to connect a circuit on Shabbos is Osa, it's Osa Midrabonon. So now says uh, the, 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 the Minchas Yitzchak, Dain Weiss, he says, so if I'm really hot, and I'm Betzah, so we, you go under the category of somebody who's a mixed ashkhali. A mixed ashkhali is somebody who's bizarre. He's in pain. If he's in pain, you're, you're, you're very uncomfortable, so you're then allowed to ask a non-Jew, which is one rabbinical issa, to switch on your air conditioning for you, which is a second rabbinical issa, on Shabbos. Why? Because you're asking a non-Jew to do a, a, a rabbinical issa, a shuz to shuz, for the need of somebody who is bizarre, who is a mixed ashkhali, that's 100 percent you can ask directly, sure. You can ask directly. And the same would apply that if you're in a room and, and you need a fan on or, or, or anything like that, that would be absolutely, you know, somebody's very hot in a room and, and, uh, and they need the fan on, you can ask a non-Jew to come in and switch the fan on because all these are rabbinical, rabbinical isurim, a double rabbinical isur, that say it's That light is probably an LED light, not a, not a normal light. An LED light is not considered fire. Central heat is much easier. Central heating, because we have a rule, and, and there are some possible who, who say that the same rule applies to heat. So that's why I said it's slightly different to what we discussed then. The central heating is different. Every person is considered ill with regards to cold. And therefore, you, you're not in the category of mixed ashkhali, you're already in a category of a chayla kalaguf. And therefore, you can ask directly, even if there's fire, when you switch on central heating, you're switching on fire. Even if you're switching on fire, you're asking a non-Jew to do a malacha the so that's mutter. And that's what we'll see when we go to move on, on to, the, to the different categories, the category of somebody who's a chayla kalaguf. Where there is difficulty in the Paschim, and we'll finish off with that, where there is difficulty in the Paschim is, can I ask a non-Jew, say I'm, I have a, a sunburn and I have a very good cream, but in order to put that cream on I have to be over an Isma Maria the Can I ask a non-Jew to do it with the back of a fork? 
or the back of a spoon. So I'm asking to do a malacha deraisa, but I'm asking to do it with a shinui. Now normally when we do a malacha deraisa with a shinui, that brings it down a level and turns that malacha into a malacha drabonon. So can I ask a non-Jew to do what's really a malacha deraisa, but in, a, in an unusual manner, which would then bring it down a level and turn it into a malacha drabonon, is that good enough to be considered a shwus to shwus? And that's something we should discuss at length in the past, and it's not so straightforward. Again, the second question would be, can I ask a non-Jew to ask a different non-Jew? Because then, I'm asking a non-Jew that's one shvus, and he goes and asks someone else, that's already a second stage. Is that considered a shvus to shvus? Is it not considered a shvus to shvus? Again, it's an enormous machlekes, and with kivege, chavisyot, and enormous machlekes in the past game. Most of these situations, if you do need to come onto something like that, you have time. We're not talking about anything life-threatening here, and you do have time to come and ask. So do ask in these situations. I'm not going to give you an emphatic answer here. I'm not going to give you a clear answer because it's a very difficult question to answer without knowing the specifics of a situation. But you do understand here, as long as you know there is a color out there, to ask an Andrew to do a malacha deraisa in a shinu may be mutter, or to ask an Andrew to ask another Andrew according to some might be mutter, do ask, you might get a heta, you might not, but you might get a heta. But at least the, the principle is the same. A mixas khayli, somebody who is suffering, in pain, but not severe enough to, considered, to, be, to be considered as an ill person, but in slight pain that we can consider them a mixas khayli, all the halachas of refuah apply. The isure refuah, that refuah is forbidden, applies to this gentleman as much as it applies to somebody with a mechosh, with one, one slight one slight uh, uh, little loophole, and that is you can ask a non-Jew to do a malacha drabon of you, a shwus to shwus, the tzayich is, the tzayich mixes chayli, if somebody who's in pain is completely mutter. And that gives us all these types of situations, uh, um, uh, an extra heta on Shabbos. And that brings us to, just to finish up with a short, short devat <laughs> This week is Pashas Vayishlach. Pashas Vayishlach, as we know, the, the, the Maral tells us that the Avram was masakin fila shachris, Yitzchak was Masakin Tfilas Mincha, and Yaakov was Masakin Tfilas Mariv. Avram instituted Shachris, Yitzchak Mincha, Yaakov Mariv. And the truth is, says Maral, that the Shachris, Mincha, and Mariv is really the definition and the description of the life of each of those obvious. Avram was somebody who came from darkness, came from Terach, from a place of darkness, a place of Ogdabedazora, and he brought with him the light, he brought with him the Shachah, he came from darkness, and as the morning, as the dawn, that the dawn light came through, so too he, 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 he instituted Tzvila Shachris, and he, he lived a life of tranquility, a life of, of spiritual tranquility. He achieved everything he needed to achieve, he achieved tremendous shlemas. That corresponds to the Tzvila of Shachris, where he instituted a Shachris, meaning move away from the darkness and into, into the light. Yitzchok, who was born from Avram, was already born into the light, continued, he had a fantastic life, very little is written about Yitzchok, very little trouble in, in Yitzchok's life, Things seem to run smoothly. Yes, he didn't have a, a children easily, but if one compares all the obvious together, you will find that Yitzhak seemed to have a far more pleasant life than any of the other obvious. He instituted Tzvilas Mincha. That's the description of Yitzhak's life. A Mincha, broad daylight, midday, the midday sun, seemed to, the sun seemed to shine positively on Yitzhak. When it comes to Yaakov, things seem to go from bad to worse. He started off as a, as a, a child of, of uh, Yitzhak, born in, 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 into a, the Kedusha of Yitzchak. He seemed to have everything going well for him at the beginning. Ish Tom Holim. He had the peace. He had the serenity to be able to sit and learn when he needed to. But then things started, the light started fading and started going from bad to worse. And he represents Tzvilas Mariv, which is as the light disappears and the darkness turns on, he instituted and he, he, he was Masak and Mariv, meaning that even though it's dark now, but well, I know you're there, everyone should understand you're still there and I'm prepared to actually daven and, and create a Tzvila 
for when we are in Golis. So Yaka's life is a life of Golis. The life of when we move away from the light of the day, we move away from the light which always represents spirituality to the life of, light, to the life of darkness of Golis. Yet the story of Yaka's life is written in the Torah in two Pashas. It's written in last week's Pasha, Pashas Vayetze, and it's described at length again in Pashas Vayishlach. Different parts of the life of Yaakov are in Pashas Vayetze, and different parts in Pashas, Vay, uh, in Pashas uh, Vayishlach. And the Chassan Sefer tells us something very interesting. He says there's, there's Maitha Obis Tim Labonim. Well, everything that transpired in the life of Yaakov takes, took place and is taking place in Kali Sol as a whole, in general, throughout the Golas. So, Pashas Vayetze says the Chassan Sefer is the Pasha which, defi- which describes Yaka's life when he had peace. He was in Golis. He went out to the house of Lovim, but he had peace there. He was allowed to shepherd the sheep. Nobody disturbed him. He amassed an enormous, enormous wealth. He had a level of tranquility in the Golis. And that corresponds, says the Chasm Sefer, to the time period of uh, when Kalish were in Golis, but they were in peace. We then move into Pashas Vayishlach where we see Yaakov coming back towards, heading back towards Ertisrol. He's now in the second half of the night. He's moving, heading back towards Ertisrol. And he has one sorrow after the other. One sorrow, he's Muhammad with Esau, and all of the sorrows with Dina, and the sorrows with Yosef. Enormous amount, amount of Muhammad, the Shechem. Wherever he went, there was nothing more than sorrows. It says the Chazan Sefer, Pashat Yishlach is the description of Yaakov's life which corresponds to the path of Golos where we suffered all those sufferings that we have suffered in, in, in the recent decades. In the recent decades, in the, last, in the last few centuries, all the terrible sorrows that we suffered, that, that passes by Yishlach. Passes by Yishlach is the life of Golos of Yaakov, which corresponds to the Golos of Kalisrol, where Kalisrol, the tranquility ended, we were no more sitting on, 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 in, 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 in the higher circles and, and the respected, uh, respected nation amongst, amongst all other nations. We were a despised nation and we suffered all the terrible atrocities that we have suffered up until today. That is the Pasha of Vayetze. But at the end of, of Vayishlach, at the end of the Pasha of Vayishlach, after all the sufferings, we find that Yaakov turned around to the family and he said to them, remove all the, please remove all the Avedi that's in your home. Remove everything. There should be no remnants of Avedi in your house. And if you remove all the Avedi and then they removed it, as the Pasha says, and they moved on towards Luz, Luz and they moved back towards Eretz Yisrael. And at the end of the Pasha, the Pasha tells us, uh, there's a passage there, which says, After he'd removed all the Avedi and they're heading towards Eretz Yisrael, they're heading back into Eretz Yisrael, it says, And the Targum Yensin explains, he said, what's Migdal Eda? Asher the Mitamon Osid Diskalim after the Mashiach of Sefer Yemaya. That's the town that in the future, Melech HaMashiach will reveal himself from that place. Migdal Eda is the point where Mashiach will come out from. So the, he'd, he'd gone through all those gollas, he'd gone through all that sorrows, but the end of Yaka's life, the end of Yaka's life is just the same as the end of a night. The end of a night, the dawn shines again. At the end of the night, we, we, we turn back to the light of the next day and that's a day which will have no night coming after it that will be a day which will be a constant day that's the the point where Mashiach will for Ezra Shem Mamish come out from and we will see the end to all the Taurus and the end to all the troubles that we'll be suffering which correspond to the troubles of Yaakov in Pashas Vayishtach and we should be zeichet to be able to pitch our tent and see the birth of Mashiach and be zeichet to see the tranquility that we so desperately need from Hebi Amen Amen